0: Costs to originate, keep rising even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sarah Wheeler, editor in chief at HousingWire, here with the latest episode of the HousingWire Daily Podcast. On Mondays, my guest is always housing our lead analyst, Logan Motoshami, so that we can talk about the latest economic news. But before we dive in, here's a brief word from our sponsor.
1: Why should you price your Jumbo loans with PennyMac TPO? Is it the same great service you've come to expect with their conventional loans? Yes. Is it the competitive pricing they provide? Yes. Is it the fact that after closing they
0: don't sell off your borrowers so that you know they are in good hands? That would also be a yes.
1: Get more information or price a jumbo AUS loan today at tpo.pennymac.com. Pennymac TPO is a division of Pennymac Loan Services, LLC, equal housing lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.
0: Okay, we are ready. Logan, welcome back to the podcast.
1: It is great to be here. Thank you.
0: Great to have you, as always. So much going on on the economic front. I I look back years ago when um you know like economic news wasn't that interesting. Let's just be honest. You know, weeks would no, go it, by. You
1: know what? In in fact, I used to always joke that you know the previous expansion, which was the longest and. Uh, economic and job expansion in history, it, things really didn't get too wild. Uh, uh, it was just very slow and steady. And here, it, this decade is just everything has been just utter chaos, right? It, it has effect, and,
0: You know, we have you on weekly, and I almost feel like that's not enough. Whereas, you know, uh, three four years ago, we would not have needed an economist or an analyst to be on weekly. But wow, I feel like we're we're just barely catching up. So. Um, big week. So last time we talked, we were really talking about what the war in Ukraine might do um, to the 10 year yield and mortgage rates. Um, catch us up a little bit about what we're seeing with mortgage rates
1: now. Well, we saw a sharp dive in the bond market originally, and technically it bounced off of a very key level, and we're roughly at 2% on the 10 year yield. So I, I always try to emphasize that. Uh, If people were thinking about higher mortgage rates, like much higher, like six, seven, eight percent, just because where inflation is, it's it's not happening. Um, The premise for the twenty twenty two forecast this year is that we can create a range in the ten year yield between one point nine four percent to two point four two percent if global yields uh, can rise. And what had happened is Japan and Germany early on this year they made a very sharp increase in their ten year yield, came right back down uh, due to the headlines of the war, and then shot back up. So We're kind of here, and it kind of looks right to me if you respect the downtrend on the 10 year yield. But I think a lot of people are shocked, especially now that the Fed has no longer done QE anymore. You know, people are anticipating the 10 year yield to really skyrocket. No, Uh, um, we're just hovering around here. And the question now going out for the rest of the year is if economic growth really slows down, uh, uh, can the bond yields go back down to kind of the 160 uh, level or even lower than that? So this is why the, this war in itself is similar to what I would uh, think about with COVID-19. Uh, it's an agent of chaos, and you just don't know uh, what the impacts are until you get some type of resolution. I mean, this could be a, a year-long event, or you know, it could end in a week. But uh, as long as this is out here, it, it, in a sense, it's not a benefit to the Uh, economies of the world. Uh, um, So it's something you have to keep a track of every day.
0: Well, and, um, you know, we talk about mortgage rates all the time, because obviously, this is really part of the bread and butter of our audience, what they care about, but also because people are very worried about uh, with inflation that that rates are going to skyrocket, that something's going to happen here. And you I mean, you get these questions all the time, you were just on a realtor event where people were really worried about it. So when people are like, really worried about higher rates, what would you say to them?
1: Um, We just had the hottest economic growth in decades. We have the hottest inflation in decades. We have over $30 trillion in federal debt. We have an active war that's created into a commodities war. And the 10-year yield is at 2%. Don't sweat it. To reverse the multi-decade trend, and like I always say, the 800-year trend, you need global yields to rise, which means Japan and Germany's economies have to produce a lot of growth and inflation, which they can't. Uh, And everything has to change. Uh, So my evidence is what we are right now, today. Here it is. Here is the hottest data in many decades and the 10-year yields at levels to where in the previous expansion, people would be talking about a recession because bond yields are too low. Um, So the trend is your friend for a reason. uh, And it doesn't just snap. Uh, it needs multiple variable factors to reverse that. And the evidence is here like it was last year, like it was many years ago, like it was for the last four decades. There's a downtrend in the 10-year yield. There's demand for our bonds. There's demand for our products. And that just doesn't go away, especially now that the United States of America, which is really the only economic superpower in the world, everyone runs to our dollar and everybody runs to the U.S. bonds. So uh, uh I, I, like i said i i, I use that 2.42% in the 2022 forecasts in respects to the downtrend in the 10 year yield and it's worked out perfectly and we've just tested it in the biggest fashion ever and it For me, it looks right. For everyone else, it might be confusing, which I can understand. But the evidence is right in front of you.
0: Well, that's why we have you on. Well, let's talk about inflation because that is the big topic. That's a big story. I, myself, living in Texas, have never seen over $5 uh, gasoline prices before, and I have now. And I own a Jeep, and it has a big uh, tank, and I just spent uh, $100 to fill up my my uh, car, which has never happened before. I know that you in California, that, that wouldn't seem that big, but to, to get over $5 a gallon in Texas for gas prices is just, it's really unheard of. It's crazy.
1: Yes, and this is the, um, you know, we, we were dealing with shortages and inflation before the war started, and this type of war uh, is much different because uh, the commodity plays energy and wheat. Uh, can accelerate and they have. So until you get some resolution here, uh, these pressures are sticky because they will stay here and that impacts the uh, uh, monthly disposable income. But you know what I what I try to focus on uh, this week is you know people say, what's the best hedge against inflation? Well, being a homeowner in America, uh, especially in the last 10 years, set you up unbelievably to have this unbelievable hedge against inflation. And when I talk about a hedge against inflation is that when the cost of living goes up like it has so much uh, in the last 12 months, wages have to come up as well. You know, that's one of the things I I try to highlight in the article. Uh, Before job openings really took off, you know, uh, there was an article linking to that piece I wrote about, hey, job openings are going to take off. Wages are going up, right? Rent inflation is going to go up. But if you have a fixed low debt cost, a mortgage, you have the benefit of that low rate and that low payment and your wages are going to go up. So it offsets some of the increases that you would see in other items where a renter doesn't have that ability Uh, and uh, they're seeing rental inflation take off, which is usually their biggest payment. Then you have on top of that everything else. So the hedge against inflation, which never has been an issue really in the 21st century, the rate of growth of inflation has been very tame. But for this uh, specific event, uh, it, 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 it is a good shield uh, because your disposable income versus your mortgage payment is at all-time lows. Your disposable income versus uh, payment, payment versus your household debt is at all-time lows. You have that protection and that uh, helps you in the time of uh, higher inflation like we're seeing right now.
0: So you wrote an article for us last week that you just uh, referenced, which was which is called "Why Owning a Home Is the Best Hedge Against Inflation." And one of the really interesting things you you brought up in that is that this is not the 1970s. The last time we saw, you know, gas you know lines at gas uh, stations really jacked up gas prices, kind of like this. You know, it reminds people who are old enough of the 70s. So tell us why this is not like the 70s.
1: Well, the Downtrend in bond yields in population growth uh, uh, has been here since 1981. Um, so naturally, the bond market is 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 following a certain trend that it's been following really for 800 years. The inflation that we saw back in the 70s also had higher mortgage rates, right? Uh, and so it, it's different now, and it's 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 a very unique situation. We've never had you know so much growth in inflation in a very short period of time and have all time low mortgage rates so the homeowner has an unbelievable advantage on a historical basis right now and you can see it in the data that you know if, if mortgage rates were at 10 11 12 13% that's a different diff, whole different conversation but it isn't and we just came off the longest economic and job expansion ever recorded in history the homeowners, their their profiles were excellent going into covid that was one of the reasons why I was very adamant with the America's Back Recovery model, but it got better, right? Uh, it got better during COVID, so the cash flow is even better. FICO scores are high. So those households are are, are in just much better shape because it's not in the late 1970s. As a percentage of uh, disposable income, energy is not as high as it was back then either. You know, wages are always rising. The price of oil goes up and down, Right. Uh, but your wage growth is always uh, is going up higher. So the stock of homeowners, right, uh, in America, just looks so good on paper, and they can take an inflation hit like this because remember, people have to raise wages. It's not only just the cost of living. Job openings are at 11.3 million, right? So if you want to retain your workers and, and attract new workers, you have to pay up, right? So the homeowner, again, has that benefit of getting a little bit higher wages than normal, uh, and still that mortgage payment is fixed. And like I've stressed for years, fixed low debt costs versus rising wages really shows in right about now.
0: You know, we always, uh, usually, we talk about the fact that people are like, housing's about to crash. And, you know, anyone who listens to you, reads your works, follows your models, understands that that is completely a ridiculous idea right now in the United States of America. But the reason we talk about it is because we both, you know, we see it at housing where where people um, that that's a trending term that people search for all the time, the housing crash of 2020, 2021, 2022. As long as I've worked here, there's been the housing crash of whatever trending. And so people are, are searching for it, which is just crazy. And I know you get it more than anyone.
1: As I have stressed for a very long time now, the housing crash addicts in America are professional grifters. They are not data people. You can see this by how they talk. There is models you can create for housing to crash. It does not mean housing is crashing when inventory is falling. Under any logistical system in the world, you don't have that occur. You need inventory to go up a lot. Uh, um, so I, I just think that, and I, and, and I mean this with the most disrespect ever. These are some of the worst talented people we've had for a very long time, but they're professional grifters, right? <laughs> this is how they chose to live their lives, right? So some everybody's got their own thing, but to me, it's that after ten years of failing, going all in in 2020 because of COVID, which okay, that's I would even say that's fair if you if you if you didn't understand how housing worked, but then to go into the forbearance crash bro thing in 2021, and to just get lit up by the US economy in the biggest fashion, you have lost your privilege to ever talk about housing ever again. And this is why I stress, if you really care about housing economics, any friend, any YouTube account, any clubhouse that uttered the word crash, when you have the best housing demographics ever recorded in history, when you have the lowest mortgage rates ever recorded in history, when you have the best loan profiles ever recorded in history, is a fanatic. And they've tricked you. And they don't probably believe their stuff either. So you have to ask yourself, do you – I mean, who's really the fool? The fool or the fool who follows them, you know?
0: Well, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, sympathy for people who are, who are just – you know, they may not know. That's why we do this. That's why we – that's why you write for us. That's why we talk about it because – real estate agents, mortgage loan brokers that I follow on social that, you know, maybe should know better or whatever they can they can there's a lot of fear out there and when you have a war going on, when you have inflation rising, people, you know, those things can be fodder for the people to think uh, you know this is going to end badly, but and this is why. And this is
1: why it. for Housing Wire, one of the things I started to uh, talk about is that we want inventory to get back to one point five two to one point nine three million. There's a reason why I've written those levels, right? Because they're part of models. Okay, so when we get back to those levels, if we do that it would be a very healthy thing. This is why I keep on saying, this is an unhealthy housing market because there's a raw shortage. This was not supposed to happen, right? Americans were not supposed to be buying homes or supposed to be renting or being homeless because home prices are to crash. Humans don't operate that way, right? People need shelter every year. Millions and millions of people buy homes. That is not a very sexy way to talk about housing economics or to get a lot of clicks. But again, all you had to do is basically read the census data and look at mortgage rates. And to, for anybody that think home sales could drop two to three, four million in this kind of environment is not an economics person. is not a data person. They're professionally grifting for a reason, right? It is a very seductive term to initiate a marketing response in your brain because you don't want to miss out because your home is going to go down 40, 50, 60%. And now for me personally, is that I how I, how I deal with these people? I say, so now educated positive cash flow american homeowners are going to sell their homes at a 40 to 50 60% discount to rent at a higher cost your wife's going to leave you your kids are going to hate you right you know you're going to be alone so you got what you wanted alone renting uh, uh and that's the thing it's it's all mickey mouse make believe stuff
0: yeah i mean here's the thing you couldn't sell your it's hard to sell your your house at at a at a discount no matter where you are people a lot of people want to buy your house. Uh, you know even all over the country in different pockets that have not traditionally been hot hot housing markets are seeing still bidding Wars and and in some cases much much hotter than it was even in the last two years In Orange
1: county here in here in California we have literally less than one month of supply.
0: You know why. I mean
1: in California we we're supposed to have the mass accidents everybody leaving you know and we have less of this is a housing crisis in another sense right and this is why I mean I thought I did a good enough job trying to tell people you have to worry about home prices escalating stop with this crash stuff and unfortunately uh home price growth has gone well above my 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 uh comfort zone and we're, we're talking about different things but that whole premise that people were gonna sell their homes at a discount when they had positive cash flow. I mean, you really, really are going into the crazy town with that kind of premise out there.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, demand because that's what's driving so much of this, you know, the crazy rise in housing prices. We, we don't have enough inventory, but let's talk about what inflation does to renters who presumably those are the, you know, th- there are some, part of the population of renters that will probably never buy a home they're not really they may not have enough income they may not have their credit score they may not uh you know have have that ability but there are definitely like future homeowners tend to come from renters i mean people you know they have to come from somewhere to to become homeowners so what is this inflation doing to those people who are renting
1: so there's two ways to look at this number one um you know, there's there's certain data lines to show that it's actually cheaper to buy a home than to rent in certain cities. Uh, a renter, in, hypothetically speaking, can actually uh, be more motivated to get that fixed payment if they're afraid of inflation being here for a very long time. So in that sense, it could steer a, 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 a renter who's not fully decided yet into home buying. However, if you're a single household renter and now your rent's gone up so much, that makes it a little bit harder, you know, in a sense of maybe saving for a down payment uh, uh, or e- e- whatever goals you had financially uh, gets gets hit a bit with all this inflation. And it's, again, it's not just rent; it's it's food prices, it's, it's 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 gas, it's everything. So that can delay some of the maybe future aspirations. And there, there's always a group of uh, people that, to me, are just lifelong renters because. They tend to have service sector wages. Unless they're part of a dual household income, uh, they're not going to be able to uh, ever purchase a home. So, so you could kind of look at it in that. Again, inflation is never a good thing when it breaks out, and we're clearly we're seeing this. And, and for a renter, it's really really tough. And for all those people, and and again, I always think it's marketing myth that we have millions and millions of Americans sitting at home. Not buying because they were told that, you know, home prices were going to crash. You should rent, you should rent. And we, all these videos, you should rent, you should rent for the last five, six years, wait for the crash. Think about, in theory, if they had listened to those people right now, what are they looking at? Right, it has been a tragic disaster. I don't believe that's the case. I just think traditionally, when people are ready to buy, they buy. You know, uh, if you look at the demographic patterns and affordability, everything looks kind of normal. Uh, the only thing that deviated from historical norms was when COVID nineteen happened in the whole world. You know, especially here in the U.S., we paused for about six weeks. Then we just went back to normal. More Americans have bought homes in 2020, and 2021, and 2022 than any period from 19. 19- uh, from 2008 to 2019, that looks perfectly normal to me if we adjust it to demographics. So I think there's a there's a marketing kind of lore about this, but when people are ready, they buy homes. Why? Because it's the cost of shelter, right? And the shelter of renting is going up a lot, and it could, in theory, change some people's minds. Hey, listen, I, I'm tired of this. I'm just I just want a fixed payment, and that's it. So we'll see. But right now, uh, it's too early in the war to make kind of any long term projections myself, naturally, I'm not a housing sales boom person. I've always said that. I probably have the lowest sales uh, forecast out of anybody, but I just think of everybody as replacement buyers. Uh, And I do believe that existing home sales should come back down to a certain kind of trend, and it looks perfectly normal to me uh, compared to maybe some of the other people that have uh, higher forecasts.
0: And you're going to be looking at existing home sales uh, next next week for us, or uh, actually we're recording this on Friday, so I guess this week for us, uh, because people will be listening on Monday. Let's talk a little bit about your recession red flag. So you have a recession model that, um, and that shouldn't scare people. It's not like, oh, he has a recession model. It's like, you're just looking at the economy saying, where are we in the economic cycle? Are we in an expansion? Are we in a recession? So where where are we, Logan?
1: You know, and, and, and this is so important to me, because this is the only reason I really do this. I actually, the, the reason I actually uh, uh, have decided to write, you know, it's really after 2015, it was to, to talk about economic expansions and cycles, because that's where I saw the misinformation. Uh, every day there was always some recession coming. So I thought we create models to teach people that they can actually learn on themselves. Like if I do my job right, people finish my own sentence for me, they know, right? Because we just take a similar patterns in, in, in economic history. The recession red flag model is designed to show the progression of an expansion to a recession to an expansion. It's not, in a sense, a forecast. It is a it is a moving variable. Um, six red flags typically have to happen. Number one, uh, for me, mortgage I mean it, uh, unemployment rates get to a certain percentage. For me, it was four percent. The two year yield got up to a certain level. First red flag. That is not, in a sense, recessionary itself. It just shows the progression of the expansion. The recovery was so fast. Number two, when the Federal Reserve raises rates, right, uh, uh, that's going to happen uh, this month. Uh, that's recession red flag too. The quarter point rate hike itself is not recessionary. It's just the implication of where we are in the expansion. The inverted yield curve, which is uh, a, a very hot topic. And again, for someone like me who was talking about, hey, like guys, I'm on inverted yield curve watch. As of Thanksgiving last year, people are like, what are you talking about? Well, if you don't believe the 10-year yield can really go out and the short-term rates are coming up higher, just like in 2017, as I forecast for 2018, I think we get an inversion. Here it is again, and we're not that far from an inversion. Literally, an inversion could happen at any point now. Uh, that would be number three, right? And then we go into the some of the more hardcore data lines, uh, leading economic index, which is multiple data line sets, Typically, it falls four to six months before every recession. Uh, It looks very solid right now. Um, Housing typically fades into a recession. Housing is not too much is going on the sales level, but it's not fading. So that's okay. But again, the bigger thing is where is the overinvestment uh, in the U.S. economy when demand gets hit? Uh, where's the supply going to increase? Companies have to fire people to protect their margins. I use the Peloton example always, you know, Peloton's a great economic example of booming demand, too much supply, fire people, you know, uh, we have to find that in the economy. And I'm, I'm really looking at retail sales because the economic data is firm, but I don't believe it can stay this firm. So for me, it's, if the data starts to get softer, Does bond yields go down with it? And my concern is that that happens, it just facilitates the extremely unhealthy housing market we have, that I am just praying for higher rates just to get higher inventory because we have to get off of these levels. Uh, We cannot stay uh, too much longer at these total uh, low inventory levels. Prices are accelerating uh, uh, way too fast, and it's a very difficult problem to solve.
0: Well, and here you are, uh, you've said before on this podcast that you have lived in your home for 17 years. Is that correct?
1: Yes. And, and that's part of the situation is people buy a home and they just live a lot longer uh, than they used to. So, uh, uh, it, you know, from 1985 to 2007, it was five years. Now, you know, depending on who you listen to, 11, 12, 13 years, I know here in Southern California, 16, 17, 18 years. Uh, and, and why should they leave? All they have a very low mortgage rate, uh, and you know, their, their their cash flow is positive. And you look at people that want to maybe move up, you know, it's more difficult now. See, my, my fear is that Fannie Mae survey that recently came out, the sellers are starting to show stress. When that happens in this market, you should be totally happy. But if you can't find product, you just don't move. And and the biggest concern of years 2020 to 2024 has always been, what if we get stuck? So the irony of how I look at housing is everything that I thought that could go wrong has gone wrong and then some. Uh, And and it's not home prices crashing and people losing their homes. No, it's if housing gets stuck, it's very difficult to unstick it, you know, unless you have weakness in demand. And if rates stay this low, following the downtrend in the 10-year yield, you know, can it really get too weak to create inventory? So right now, again, for me, 1.52 to 1.93, go inventory, go. Create some balance. I'm rooting for flat to negative pricing just to get some kind of balance here because I am extremely uncomfortable uh, with inventory this low because sellers have way too much power uh, in this market.
0: Well, and the reason I brought up your uh, housing tenure there is that You know, you feel that stress, but I'm about to sell my house and buy another house. And I can tell you that is the stress point is buying the second house to your point. Like selling is great. That's awesome. But then you you turn into a buyer. So, you know, at some point sellers just go, no, it's not. I, I can't do it.
1: Yeah, and and that's you know, and, and and that's a good point that a lot of people forget. A natural seller is a natural buyer too. So the inventory channels—if you look at inventory—it's been falling since 2014. So the seller is a is a buyer itself when demand gets weak. Like in 2018 is a good example, and I still think to this day that never gets enough attention. Total inventory levels, like. Mortgage rates got to five percent. Sales slowed down. I think from the end of 2017, about 5.7 million to the start of uh, 2019, we got 4.93 million, 4.98 million. So sales can go down. Days on markets grow. That to me, it's it's funny. I I, I literally saw a throwback Thursday picture of me in 2019 smiling. It was the last, I said, real home prices were negative that year. I was happy. I said, this is a healthy market, great news. And I was like, oh, that was so long ago, really. You know, what we have here is not a good thing. It's a difficult problem to solve. Uh, And and back in 2018, even 5% mortgage rates really didn't budge the total inventory level. So to me, that discussion still never gets enough because the predatorial Grifting of housing as oh inventory is gonna skyrocket. I mean, this was the in a sense the creation of the forbearance crash bros in the summer of 2020. When you know your enemy, right, you know they can't change. So how do you destroy a cult group? You just basically like mock them to the point of absurdity, right? To the point that people go, wait a second, these people were lying to me, yes. Uh and and we should always be concerned about inventory staying too low and home prices getting too hot during this five-year period between 2020 to 2024. So, in a sense, uh, demand is 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 checked mark as a positive, but home prices no. Uh, uh, and and the only thing I see that can that can solve this is higher rates. And it's just so painfully difficult to get mortgage rates higher.
0: It is, and I know that um, while we would all like, you know, more days on market, more inventory. I'm not sure everybody wants higher rates. Uh-
1: <laughs> it isn't because because the industry itself revolves around sales, right? So you need lower rates facilitates that. As a data analyst, we don't think of it in that way. We just, we just think that every year people need to buy homes, and homes are getting more expensive and this inventory channel is different we've never had this before right this is a whole brand new game this is uncharted territory and as much as i tried to warn last year hey listen worry about prices don't and is this like again this year people are like oh we well, home prices are need to correct heck really we're still doing that again right you know homes are 20% oversupplied fomo emotional buying like the grinch from christmas all that spaghetti eating. No, it's this is not the case. So again, hope for higher rates, hope for balance. Balance is a good thing, okay? The market is way too hot. It doesn't deserve to be. Home sales demand is fine, but it's not like a booming credit boom. So we just want to create some balance in the market and only higher rates can do it. As you can see, it's just been painfully hard to get there.
0: It has been painfully hard. So what are you going to be looking at this week? So I know that you always are watching the 10-year yield. I'm sure you're watching the the situation with the war in Ukraine. Uh, what else? Well, can I on to- the
1: economic front, against the war in Ukraine is number one. This is a this is a brand new variable that is utter chaos. So we have to always keep an eye on that. What it impacts uh, existing home sales. Uh, again, my just like I did last year, uh, trying to convince people why existing home sales had to come down to a certain level and then we find a base. I did it last year. I'm I'm trying to do the same thing this year. I do believe that 5.74 million is the low level. So we should be he- heading back down. Uh, housing was clearly outperforming toward the end of the year as mortgage buyers picked up. Uh, So we want to find that base with existing home sales and with the pending home sales data, uh, uh, we should be getting there. So we had a really strong print uh, uh, at 6.5 million in the last report. That to me was some spillover effect from December to January. So home sales should go down. If they don't, boy, we're just in trouble. Again, we we have to get a breather in housing. And I'm I'm really, really starting to worry that inventory doesn't uh, match last year's uh, levels in terms of the you know spring and summer is coming, so inventory naturally rises. And what you don't want is what happened in 2020, where we didn't really see the increase in inventory. Uh, we saw that seasonal pattern last year, and we want that again, and we want that inventory levels to get higher. So that's really uh, one of the big things that I'm following in the spring and summer is can we get back... Inventory above uh, uh, 2021 levels, uh, and then it's going to fade out. Of course, in the summer, uh, in the in the fall and winter, we just don't want 2023 to start at fresh new all time lows.
0: Totally agree on that. Well, that's uh, we appreciate you bringing your insights to our audience. If people want to read in more detail and and really get a. a- a feeling for the depth of your model and what it means and what they can know from it. They just need to be HW plus subscribers. That's our premium membership program. And then they can get all of your stuff, which is uh, you have to be a member to get it. And your latest is why owning a home is the best hedge against inflation. It's a great read. It really takes on some different things than we've talked about before. So Logan, as always, thank you for being on.
1: Yes. And, And one other, one other point about that is that the, the, the downside to having such good homeowners—they stay in their homes, and uh, that's 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 another aspect. Is that 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 you, there's a pro, there's a con, and the con is. You know, hey, guess what? They just might stay in their homes longer, which is not what we it's want. It's not
0: what we want. But you yourself have stayed in your home so long. <laughs> you are the pissed Yes, counselor. and I plan
1: on staying here for probably the rest of my <laughs> life. So, yeah.
0: well, thank you so much. Uh, we'll look forward to um, what you're going to be reporting on this week and talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you. You too. looking for more
0: insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world
1: is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus
0: Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwire.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment and make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insights.